Hey, this is Taylor with a quick note. This episode is a bit creepier than usual, so if you want the full experience, listen with the lights out. Go ahead, turn them off. Now, on to the show. The dog is dead. You really hope not. You don't want to look in the back seat. You grip the steering wheel of your parents' car tight, the snow falling faster than the wipers can manage. The dog moans in a pitiful way, and you put your right hand back to touch its soft fur. Nobody in your family cares about animals, and they're certainly not going to understand why you're bringing this one back. You don't want to talk about it. The country road swoops left, and you skid a little, trying to follow the navigation system. But they bought an old Junker, a pre-2300 version, and the battery drains so quickly you're worried about the next charge station. The woods here don't feel like home. Your parents made you move, again, and expect you to be okay with it, the model older sister. The distribution centers are spreading all around the country. Opportunity out here, your dad said. Opportunity for him. But nobody at school likes you. Nobody at school looks like you. The dog whimpers, and you reach back again. It was wandering on the road, no tags, no chip or anything. And so you picked it up. It's hurt, somewhere, but you didn't have time to check. You've never been to your aunt's house way out here, and now you're beyond late. You squint through the frost, because there's a blur up ahead, but the wipers can't clear the snow fast enough. The blur lurches into the road, and you slam into something. Brown, furry, tall. It happens so quickly. All you can do is hit the brakes. You turn the wipers off, catch your breath, and open the door to check outside. It's freezing. Deer aren't that tall, are they? The car seems fine, but the right headlight flickers now. You look for a trail, the fast-falling snow and tire marks, along with your footprints, make it impossible to see. Whatever it was, went off into the woods. It's pitch dark, and you crouch to inspect the faltering light. Something moves out of your view, and you look up over the hood of the car. You left your door open. You go around, cautious, and check inside. The dog is gone. You peer into the dark of the woods. It seemed pretty hurt. Why would it rush away? You feel for the leash in your jacket pocket. After finding the dog on the road, you went back to grab a leash and a collar in town, but never put it on him. A silly mistake. And now it's out in the snow, probably scared to death. Your parents are going to destroy you because you're late for this family night. They don't understand. Without the dog, you'll have no reason in their minds. There's no way to explain it to them. You've given up trying to talk about yourself. You make your way into the woods, shouting, Phineas, as that's the name you gave him. He needs help. Maybe you hit a bear. Are there bears out here? 
the snowfall starts to lessen, but the trees grow closer together, and it's hard to keep tabs on the road and your car. Now a tiny pinprick through the wood. The headlight flickers out and dies. The battery's out. Great. You reach for your phone for some light. Realize you left it in the car. And you can't see the car. You don't know what you're doing out here. You whisper, Phineas. It's cold. You need to find the road to get the car charged and to get your phone. Where is the dog? You hear a faint whirring and hope it's the road. Another car? It's all you've got to go off of. You plunge forward toward the sound. Further into the woods, in a small clearing, rests a long row of industrial-sized fans blowing outwards. Beyond that sits a small trailer home. You see a light through the window. They have electricity from somewhere. Surely they can tell you where the road is. You have no other choice. You walk past a broken fence post, and instead of a no trespassing sign, there's a hand-scrawled wooden plank. It's hard to read until a cloud moves past the moon. You read it slowly and repeat the phrase in your head, wondering what it means. Swarms. You make your way up to the trailer house. The moment you walk past the fans, they turn off, and a faint alarm rings inside the trailer. The lights cut off inside. Somebody's home. You knock at the door, but no answer. You laugh to yourself, a strange reaction. This whole thing seems too crazy. You'll be back on the road soon. There's a rustling inside. And so you open the door. A bright beam shines in your eyes. It blinds you and you stumble back. The lights in the trailer come back on. In front of you stands a man with a metal box on a strap draped over his shoulder. He's short, and as he sets the flashlight down, you can see tattoos on his neck. He doesn't say anything, but his hands are out, palms open. He looks worried, not at you, but beyond, at the open door. He motions and grunts for you to close it quickly. You do, and he approaches you. There's a shovel by the front door, and so you grab it, jabbing it at him. He keeps his distance. You rotate around the room, circling, and he grabs a nearby cloth and wedges it in the bottom door jamb. Guess it gets cold in here. You smirk. The more you stare at him, the less threatening he seems. He looks like you, like your family. Does he work at the delivery centers? How'd he get out here in the middle of nowhere? He just... stares. You yell at him to speak. Huh? He pauses and then carefully opens his mouth, showing you his tongue, or lack of one. He has no tongue. It looks like it was cut out, and he makes the motion with his hand to confirm your thoughts. He looks like the type like a criminal or gangster or something. He's alone out here, isn't he? You scan the room. A small stove, a fireplace, nothing with any screens or buttons. It's all so manual. Tape around the window frames, flashlights near every window. What's happened here? This place starts to worry you. You've got to get back to your car. 
You ask him about the road, and that's all. You'll figure it out from there. He grows stern, grabbing a mask off the table nearby. It looks like a gas mask from the old wars they talked about in class. You point the shovel at him, and he flinches. He grunts, implying concern that you have one, a mask, that you need one. He motions for you to go to the side window. On the sill, there's a photograph, wrinkled and made of paper. It's of a woman and children. They're wearing the suits for the new Earth project. They went off to Mars. You heard about the program and have prayed your dad doesn't get any ideas for your family. You look back, but the man points out the window and grunts. Beyond a small field sits an RV, what they used to ride around in on all the old roads. It looks in good shape for being from so long ago. Probably runs on gasoline. He makes a hand motion, but there's a mask in there. He shoes you urgently. So you go, crunch through the sludge, and he turns the fans back on. It startles you, but you chuckle. What an odd, lonely guy. You make your way to the RV, halfway there. The snowfall has stopped completely. You think it's weird, but there obviously are people out in the world like this. Hermits. We can't really talk to people. Literally. They probably go crazy, but he seems harmless. Maybe he's just tired of the cold and wants a hand. There's only one lone tree in this area, so the wind really picks up. As you crunch in the snow, you feel bumps like roots in the ground or rocks. You kick at the snow with your toe, and the root moves, shifts over. You bend down. It's not a root. It's a face. There are bodies under the snow. You drag your foot across, uncovering the human forms. He hasn't buried them. The shovel. He was about to. Then you showed up. You look back to the trailer, but it's dark again. The beam of a flashlight moves around inside. Can he see you? Does he know you found them? You stand, unmoving. The moonlight glints out from behind a cloud, and you spot two people coming towards the clearing. Thank God. You can't hear exactly what they're talking about, but it sounds like they hit something. They're from the road. Should you yell to them? Did they see your car? Oh God, walk faster. You start to shout to them, to run towards them. You hear something. You look over at the trailer, the couple having passed beyond the fans dead silent. The light from the moon flickers with a shadow. The couple hears it too. A small shining cloud descends on the man and woman. They don't make a noise. As their backs arch, they turn rigid, and the swarm swirls around them and suddenly jolts down their throats. The buzzing intensifies as their joints and limbs twist, and they collapse, rising awkwardly, possessed, like creatures learning how to be human stumbling forward over themselves. A flashlight beam emanates from the trailer, and in the light you can see their eyes. They are solid, shining bright, like a swirl of silver ants writhing in their sockets. This is what the man was worried about, this evil in the woods. The creatures turn to face you. You run to the RV. 
You make it, slam the door, and cower inside. Through a window, you see the creatures hustle off, one circling around the side, quickly learning the bodies they inhabit. The mask. You didn't ask the man where the other mask was. You don't have time. You peer again, just barely, and see his flashlight in the distance. He's holding it up to his face. He's not saying anything, but his hand motions give it away. The glove box. You crawl on hands and knees, as quiet as can be, and you reach it. How do you use this thing? You stuff the mask over your face and immediately it fogs, and in your blindness you feel someone grab you, pushing you down. You resist, flailing. Your instinct is to bite, but you can't. And as the body presses on you, you hear a struggle, a grunting, a buzzing. And then... The man without a tongue carefully pulls the mask off your face, wiping the glass. He sets down the shovel he used to stop those things, and pulls the bodies out of the RV and into the snow. He points to the dog, cowering under the counter, and then a first aid kit strapped above, motioning that he has to drive. He hasn't said anything, but you understand. He drives as you tend to the dog who found shelter in this RV. The man twists a dial on the box with the strap, and now you recognize it from history class, a radio. The only thing left on those, you think, are conspiracy theories and crazy people. The voice from it talks about swarms on the cities, the artificial intelligence on the rise, the reports have been true, silver eyes, and the Mars base collapsed. It's happening. You remember the photo on the windowsill. Did your family ever come back from Mars? The man nods yes, motions to the shovel. The bodies, you think. His family. You finish tending to the dog as he drives the RV up to the main road. Your car is nowhere in sight, but he points in a direction and draws out a map to the next town. He hops out of the RV, unstraps the radio, leaving it to you, and he walks back into the darkness before you can say any thanks. You carry the dog in the front seat. It's limp, hurt even worse than before. And you wonder how it got all the way out here. You hear a sound from the back of the RV. Look up in the rearview mirror. The bathroom door opens, and a man in a brown coat emerges. Big, like the thing you hit with your parents' car. You can see the silver swirling in his eyes. There's no time to grab the mask, so you hold your breath and pinch your nose as he rushes from the back, grabbing you from behind. You lock your eyes shut as you hear the buzzing erupt from his mouth, piercing your skin, looking for a way in to control your breath. You squirm, hearing the dog bark as your coat rips. You feel a weight, something in your jacket pocket. The leash. With your free hand, you loop the leash through the collar and in one quick motion hoist it over the creature's head and pull.
The dog looks at you, brown eyes, waiting. You turn the key and drive onto the road, passing a few cars pulled over, people standing beside them, your headlights illuminating their glassy, silver eyes. You turn up the radio, put on the mask, and pat the dog's head. You've got to get back to your family. You've got a lot to talk about. Thanks so much for listening. The Dog is Dead is written by me, Taylor Zablowski, at a table in the public library, recorded under a blanket in my closet, and edited in a fast food restaurant booth with the nearest power outlet. Let me know what you think by leaving a review or sending me a message at podcastgod.net. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned.